Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, here's an Indie Blues double shot from our featured artist today, Douglas Avery. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs. Thank you. 
but fear it all. Remember the spoken word. Douglas Avery from his brand new release, and we've got Douglas on the line right now. Hey, Doug, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Now, this is your first time on our show, and we always give our fans an opportunity to get to know an artist. And the best way to do that is through your journey, your story. So give us the story of Douglas Avery. Well, the story started off, I was playing with uh, Robbie Krager of The Doors. Of The Doors, yeah. And and, uh, I was playing harmonica with Robbie at a lot of events. Um, Some of them were to raise money uh, for certain charities, and I've done that for almost 10 years and played with them on and off uh, at not only... Uh, you know, public offerings, but these charity events. And then I was able to kind of switch gears. I went and saw a lot of the contemporary blues artists myself in Southern California. And uh, one of the two uh, folks and players, I should say, musicians, uh, that I saw a lot of 
was uh, R.J. Michaud and Frank L. Goldwasser, among many, I might add. Uh, that uh, that goes from uh, um, Kim Wilson to Rod Piazza to uh, a litany of people that I've been able to see in the Southern California area. So that kind of started my journey, so to speak, to make my new album uh, because I just felt like that they gave me so much to work with musically and uh, to see how they handled themselves on stage. And uh, it was awesome. And uh, I was able to uh, procure the services of, of Frank L. Goldwasser, asked him if he'd like to, you know, contribute to the project. And he was uh, very uh, happy to help and, and play along with Carl Sonny Leland and Johnny Morgan and Ralph Carter. And uh, we just uh, had a great time. I had a ball playing with these guys, and, and it was uh, couldn't have asked for better conditions. Okay. Now, um, you know, it's funny because I had um, interviewed Robbie Krieger back in the early 2000s, and, you know, I remember him telling me about how he got a specific sound by poking holes with a pencil in a speaker so he can get that distorted kind of raspy sound. It was an interesting interview, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've just been around Robbie and, uh, he is, uh, an incredible, incredible musician. Uh, I see him play, uh, so many times and just every time there's a new sound, uh, there's a new feeling, uh, with the, with his, you know, his repertoire of songs, especially the door sounds. And, and now that he's moved into jazz, it's been an incredible journey for Robbie. His birthday was yesterday. And, uh, I just think he's one of the, the great musicians, uh, that come out of Southern California. Oh yeah. Now you're also noted as, as a photographer as well. Tell me a little bit about that side of your world. Well, I started off uh, when I was 18. I was living on the North Shore of Oahu, and I was surfing almost every day, almost every day. And I was taking a lot of photos of uh, places like Pipeline, Waimea Bay, Laniakea. And at 18, I got the center spread for Surfer. And so that kind of sent me on my way. From there, I'd made... Uh, two films with uh, a cinematographer named Hal Jepson, uh, See for Yourself and Expression Session 1 and 2. And this was in the 70s era. So all the great surfers of that period of time were in those films. And then I, I moved on from surfing. I went into fashion. I did a lot of fashion photography and catalogs for a number of uh clothing lines here in Southern California. And I also went into shooting a lot of portraits for models. Uh, you know, and it, it just kept moving in that kind of uh, direction in photography where I'd get one job and then it would siphon off into something else. And then at 84, I did the Olympics here in Los Angeles. I worked with a lot of the Olympic athletes. And then I, all during this time, I shot, 
I would say music also uh, at, at that period of time, but not as heavily as I'm doing now. Uh, back in the day, I shot Bob Marley, Eric Clapton, Johnny Winter. These days on the Southern California blues scene, I've been shooting a host of people from uh, Rod Piazza, Kim Wilson. The list is just goes on and on. Uh, and I really get the feel uh, because of... Uh, you can see so many talented artists here in Southern California and you can get to where they're playing and makes it, it makes it incredible for, uh, photography and, uh, music. Okay. Now let's talk about, uh, your new release. Uh, if you were walking down the street and someone came up to you and says, Hey, you know, tell me about your new release. What's, what's this about? Uh, what is your elevator pitch for this? The elevated pitch would be that it was music that I was fortunate to work with some great musicians and they really helped me uh, by not only their musicianship, but their sound. And I was able to collaborate with them in this project. But I would say that the sound is just something that each song was different that came to me as an emotion or feeling. On the, on the track, Take My Rider, uh, everybody that was playing was just, they were playing a groove, and I basically made up the song as we played. So there was nothing written down. It was just live music. It was live feeling. And, and that's kind of a lot of where I come from, like just hearing the music and then being able to incorporate that into sometimes lyrics and sometimes the sound. Okay. Well, let's talk about that process of songwriting. Um, what is your process when you sit down to begin the write that gets you kind of gets the juices flowing and, and taps into the muse? Well, fortunately enough, there's been a, you know, so much information over the internet about how people create their works um, and what they do to kind of, if they get an idea, what to do. And the ideas that I get, I sometimes I'll write just a few lyrics down. Sometimes I'll pick up a guitar and I'll start playing the guitar. I'll get a feel for the music itself and the lyrics come to me from playing the guitar or I'll pick up a harmonica and I'll start playing and I'll get into a groove, so to speak. And I'll get the music from the groove. Same thing with the guitars. And it just, it's weird because the music just comes to me and I get an idea and I just keep writing and writing and writing. And then afterwards I'll sort it out. I'll, I'll go back. Uh, to the, the guys I'm working with on, on the project and go, here's my idea. And then we collaborate to get the sound uh, and the feel. Okay. Now, you know, um, technology has really brought us some great tools, whether it's the cell phone to capture those momentary ideas to the home studio where you can lay out a structure and kind of write to that. Um, what are some of the tools you have found to be indispensable to you as a writer? Well, 
the iPad. Uh, I'll get an idea and I'll go straight to the iPad and turn it on so I don't lose that idea. And uh, I'll put it down and then, you know, some days I'll let it go. Sometimes I'll keep recording on that and uh, I'll come back to it and it'll give me more ideas. And from that, I will take those ideas in the studio. Okay. So the iPad, the iPad has been a very big part of remembering some of the lyrics and some of the songs. Well, let's talk about going into the studio because that's where the identity of the song kind of develops. And not only the song, but you as an artist, that sound. When you get in that environment, what is your process that allows you to capture the sound you're looking for? Well, first, I'll come with the idea, the musicians that were at this particular um, recording will listen to what I bring in, and then we'll all feed off each other to get the sound and the idea or the groove. And like I said, sometimes like on Take My Rider, they'll, they'll make the groove, and I can come up with the lyrics by listening to the groove. Sometimes I'll have the lyrics, some lyrics with me, and I'll go off those lyrics, and then again, I will have ideas where I can virtually incorporate those lyrics onto the ones that I'm thinking of while I'm singing. Some of the lyrics also are written fully out where I have one, two, three, three different phases of, of written down lyrics, and I will use those, and we'll just go in and try to get the music right. So these are things that it's, it's all natural. It just sort of, you get the, the groove, you feel the music the, and the emotion, and that's what propels me into getting the sound also is is how i feel when i hear that music okay now um let's talk uh, a little bit about the lineup who's playing on this well uh, on guitar from paris france is frank l goldwasser a very into uh, you know a very indispensable part of this project really helped me with his uh, veteran leadership on so many things on, on being able to create and being able to say there are no limits. And, uh, of course he's one of the great blues guitarists and he's been in the blues for a long time, uh, originally from France and then moved to the Bay area. And he is uh, a, a veteran in the blues world along with uh, Carl Sonny Leland, the fantastic pianist that knows so many genders of piano playing uh, from every conceivable uh, piano dialect. Uh, Johnny Morgan has been in the blues world for a long time, an incredible drummer uh, from Ventura, California, and Ralph Carter, who... We mixed at his studio in Ventura, uh, a, a great bass player and uh, a calming influence 
to if you had a question on this sound or that sound because he could be able to tweak a sound or go back and say here's my idea they all could do that but they they all they all had that uh that sound that they wanted also that they could incorporate into to my vocals and uh part play okay now you're working with uh, Betsy Brown from Blind Raccoon um, to do your PR and radio. Uh, tell me a little bit about that relationship. Oh, uh, I, I uh, had Betsy Brown listen to my uh, CD early on, and and she seemed to like it. And the people at, at Blind Raccoon, she was very attentive. Uh, toward me and uh, answered any questions I had, and uh, it's been a, a super pairing for for me uh, to work with Betsy. It's been an uh, an invaluable resource, and like I said, I'm pretty new to this game, so uh, they've just done a fantastic job. Okay, now um, let's talk about the music industry itself. Um, I know this is your first CD. But things have changed over the last 20 years in the industry, and the consumer now has embraced streaming as a way to consume music. Um, there is no tangible product anymore that a consumer goes out and purchases recorded music. Uh, recorded music now is a service, not a product. How has this shift in perception by the consumer affected you as an artist so far in, in, in what you've seen? Well, I've, I've heard from most of my friends in the music world how it has shifted their um, way to produce music, and it hasn't been a, a good thing for them uh, as far as how it sets up now. So for me, it's probably the same way they need to get uh, a system where the musicians actually make money by producing this music. Um, and I hope there are some ideas that are coming down the track that can do that for the musicians because otherwise their only sales are really on the road or plane, uh, you know, and of course their websites. So, it's uh, for me. It's new, but I understand the problems with it, and hopefully, we'll get to a resolution on the problem in the future. Well, it's interesting because if you look at the revenue that we get from streaming, it becomes really obvious that this is not a sustainable model. We cannot continue to ask independent artists to go into studios hire engineers, producers, hire musicians, create these works of art and not give them at least the opportunity to uh, to break even. You know what I mean? It, to create some sort of revenue stream that's substantial enough to you know cover those costs. It's not cheap to go into the studio, as you well know. Um there are some technologies that are coming down the pike that do seem to promise to change that dynamic. Um, one of those is the 
uh, blockchain streaming with Audius, Emanate, uh, Audio Locks. Uh, these new services are promising to pay artists up to 80% of the incoming revenue back to the, you know, the content creators themselves. And it takes out of the equation the record companies and any of the large, you know, businesses like Spotify because it's a decentralized system um, where nobody controls it. It's almost like a direct relationship between a fan and the artist. What do you think of that as a potential for the future of the music industry? Well, I think that the money should go to the artists. I think that they are vastly underpaid. And I think any idea that the artists and the musicians should get the money that they deserve for their creativity and their music is a good idea. Uh, I'm not up to date because on, on some of the newer platforms that are, are headed out, but what you've described seems to me like some very good ideas. Well, it's interesting because um, this technology, you know, is is something that is, is really kind of here now. And it's, you know, you can go up on your phone right now and get an Audius player. You can put your music on Audius. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't need an aggregator like, you know, CD Baby and TuneCore. And the whole idea is to eliminate all these middlemen. Um, I read an article in Billboard magazine where they, they said that of all the monies that are being generated by the music industry, only 12% actually gets back to the artists that create the music which to me is just ridiculous. There is no, and that's really taking into account the big artists, you know, the ones that are making, you know, big money out of, out of the industry. All the rest of that 80, you know, some odd percent, 88% is going to all these middlemen, all these ancillary, uh, you know, uh, businesses around the musician themselves. Um, and I really think that we need to change that dynamic. It should be the other way around, where the artist is getting 88% and the ancillaries are getting the 12 which would make more sense, you know? Yeah, I would agree with what you've just, just described wholeheartedly. And uh, the faster they can move in that direction, the better it's going to be for all the artists. Uh, the 12% number that you've uh, thrown out there is just in incredibly way too low it's just doesn't, doesn't even seem real and uh i think the musicians uh should know about us I, i'm not sure they all know about what they can do yet with this new new product but it definitely is uh where they should be going yeah i think one of the problems is is, is that independent artists just by the pure nature of it all they don't speak in one voice. And I think that's something that we need to take and rectify as well is give the independent artists, the musicians kind of that voice to, to lobby and to change laws and to, and to uh, basically fight for their rights and their monies. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely there. If there is a voice, if people want to get together and, and do something like that. It just has to be explained 
to them, I think, I don't know who would do that explaining, but I'm sure everybody would reach common ground with an idea like this. Oh, yeah. Now, um, one of the things I think um, a lot of musicians kind of picked up on once the pandemic hit is that when the pandemic hit, they needed to stay connected to their fans. And they started going up on the Internet, utilizing social media, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Instagram Live. Uh, They started going on TikTok. And they realized that the fans really enjoy content. And they started to put up this content, almost creating their own kind of reality show, giving the fans their backstage access to their lives, whether it's hobbies they do or puppies, babies, kittens, or, you know, just general thoughts, whatever. The fans really gravitate towards that. What are some of the things that you are doing or planning on doing that will help you connect with your fans and give them that experience of being in the know with you as an artist? Well, during that pandemic, I was kind of locked up like everybody else. As a matter of fact, we had to stop this project for almost a year. We were very close to finishing when the pandemic hit. So for me, uh, I hadn't reached out because the project wasn't out. There was no one to get in touch with. Uh, But I did enjoy uh, watching the musicians come with their live shows. I remember uh, watching Tim Wilson with the back scratchers and they would play an awesome uh, uh, amount of uh, energy they had during the pandemic because nobody could go to live shows. We were all locked up. And then, of course, you know, the watching the artists, uh, so many of them had their live streams on uh, that I would watch those. So eventually, yeah, I, I would like to do... Uh, maybe some more uh, videos. And if there's uh, something that I could do that would be a a live set from the studio, I would really love to do that also with the people that were uh, on Take My Rider. Okay. Um, You know, I I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there an Indie Blues double shot from your new release. And uh, you guys out there, you know what? Turn it up, buddy. Screw it.
fun Hard times coming, baby You better get your gun The devil's looking for you You be on the run
drive me out of my mind Cars and people mess with you I don't know what I'm gonna do How long, how long can this last? Yeah, how long, baby, how long can this last? For dead, ain't coming back. Took my money and all of my clothes. You left me on a highway, desolation road. How long? How long can this last? How long, baby? How long will it last? They're gonna put us in the electric chair Hair on fire, running red lights He's got the USA in his sights How long? How long will it last? How long, baby? How long will this last?
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Make you shout now, honey. 